Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Beyond the Pearls podcast, based on the Morning Report series from Elsevier. This podcast has been adapted for audio in collaboration with series editor Dr. Raj Dasgupta, as well as the volume editor for each book. Each episode features an in-depth case dissection format and aims to deliver practical, concise, and easy-to-digest information. And now, here's today's episode. Welcome to the Beyond the Pearls podcast. My name is Katie Cho, a psychiatry resident at Kirk Corian School of Medicine at University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Today, we will be discussing a common case of post-traumatic stress disorder versus acute stress disorder. This case can be found in the Psychiatry Morning Report Beyond the Pearls book on page 55. Let's begin. A psychiatry consult has been requested on a 42-year-old white male who is recovering from a fractured left femur, pulmonary contusion, and mild concussion. His hospital course has been complicated by a deep vein thrombosis, or DVT for short, in his right leg, and he is currently being treated with heparin. The patient complains of poor sleep, recurrent nightmares, auditory hallucinations of his son's voice, depressed mood, irritability, and feeling, quote, on edge with a heightened startle response. What is the first thing you would want to know about a patient presenting with sleep disturbance, nightmares, and an increased startle response? A patient presenting with these symptoms should be asked about a history of trauma, which could lead to a diagnosis of either acute stress disorder, or ASD for short, or post-traumatic stress disorder, better known as PTSD. In addition, This patient should be evaluated for depression, psychotic disorders, and neurologic damage because these diagnoses also could present with sleep disturbances, increased startle responses, auditory hallucinations, and depressed mood. In suspecting PTSD, what is an important part of the history to determine? Asking about the timing of a trauma is important in differentiating between ASD and PTSD. ASD is diagnosed when symptoms occur between three days and one month after the exposure to trauma. PTSD is diagnosed, on the other hand, when the exposure to trauma was more than one month before the onset of symptoms and the patient continues to experience the symptoms. So how do we diagnose trauma-induced stress disorders? Oftentimes, the person is exposed to a traumatic actual or threatened death, serious injury, or sexual assault. The trauma can be personally experienced or secondarily experienced. This means the trauma can happen to a close loved one, the patient can witness it happening to another, or the patient is repeatedly exposed to traumatic stories or events. 
After the trauma, there is a combination of symptoms that can manifest. These symptoms tend to fall into one of the four categories that is shown in Table 8.1 in the Psychiatry Morning Report Beyond the Pearls book. The categories include intrusion symptoms such as nightmares and flashbacks, negative symptoms such as inability to remember things about the trauma, distorted thoughts about self or others, avoidance symptoms, which would include avoiding thoughts or feelings associated with the trauma, and lastly, arousal symptoms such as irritability, self-destructive behaviors, or hypervigilance. A cluster of the symptoms discussed previously lasts for at least 3 to 30 days after the trauma exposure in ASD and persists for more than a month in PTSD. These symptoms interfere with the person's quality of life and are not due to other causes including alcohol use or traumatic brain injury. Now let's go back to our patient. When asking the patient whether he has experienced any traumas, he informs you that his injuries were caused by a single car motor vehicle accident that occurred 10 days ago. His 8-year-old son passed away from injuries sustained in the accident. The patient has never experienced any other traumatic event in his life. Although he does not remember the accident, he feels extreme guilt and anger over the death of his son. In consideration of his recent trauma and the symptoms this man is experiencing, what is the most likely diagnosis? The patient would meet criteria for ASD. Now for a clinical pearl. Alexithymia, or the inability to identify or verbalize emotional states, is common in survivors of severe trauma. What therapy should be recommended to this patient? There is some evidence that early intervention with trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy, better known as CBT, can prevent the development of PTSD. This therapy begins with psychoeducation of response to trauma and in anxiety management. Throughout the sessions, the patient is asked to reimagine the traumatic event using particular skills and techniques. There is no strong evidence supporting the use of pharmacologic agents to prevent PTSD. Now for our second clinical pearl. Increased activity and responsiveness of the autonomic nervous system occurs in some individuals with PTSD, specifically in the hippocampus and amygdala. So going back to our patient. After being diagnosed with ASD and being educated on the risk of developing PTSD, the patient agrees to begin trauma-focused CBT after his discharge in the coming days. So what are the first-line medical treatments for patients with PTSD? First-line pharmacologic treatments for patients with PTSD are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs for short, particularly paroxetine and sertraline. Both are U.S. Food and Drug Administration, aka FDA-approved, for acute treatment of PTSD, but only sertraline is approved for long-term treatment. PTSD symptoms generally show a slow response to SSRI therapy and 6 to 12 weeks of treatment is recommended to determine full effectiveness of the medication. Other antidepressant medications have shown some benefit as well. The serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors or SNRIs, particularly venlafaxine, have been shown to improve symptoms of PTSD, although hyperarousal did not show significant improvement with these medications. Off-label use of atypical antipsychotics such as quetiapine also have been used particularly if the patient is also experiencing psychotic symptoms such as in our patient. 
These are usually used in combination with SSRI or SNRI. Tricyclic antidepressants, such as amitriptyline, also can be used to help with sleep, anxiety, depressive symptoms, and pain. These antidepressants should be used with caution, however, in geriatric populations because of the anticholinergic effects that can lead to delirium. Anti-adrenergic agents such as prazosin and propranolol have been helpful in reducing hyperarousal symptoms and nightmares. These agents can be taken either as needed or as regularly scheduled medications. Other antidepressants such as mirtazapine and trazodone can help with insomnia and sometimes provide additional anxiolytic and antidepressant effects. Of note, benzodiazepines are contraindicated in the treatment of PTSD. Benzodiazepines have been shown to lead to a worsening of symptoms, cause worse psychotherapy outcomes, lead to more aggression and depression, and increase substance abuse. Now for our next clinical pearl. Approximately 25% of PTSD cases are delayed onset with symptoms presenting six months or longer after trauma exposure. So going back to our patient. Following discharge, the patient underwent six sessions of trauma-focused CBT and no longer experiences the severe symptoms of auditory hallucinations, flashbacks, sleep disturbances, or startle response. He continues to see a therapist to cope with the passing of his son. Now for our last pearls. There are many scales to diagnose and quantify the severity of PTSD, but a commonly used scale is the clinician-administered PTSD scale for DSM-5 or CAPS-5. Patients presenting with a trauma history and possible PTSD also should be screened closely for substance use disorders because these are common among this population. Now, last but not least, Interestingly, a 3,4-methyl-enol-dioxymethamphetamine, aka MDMA, has shown some efficacy in Phase 2 trials for treating PTSD, and Phase 3 trials have begun for MDMA-assisted psychotherapy treatment. Now that concludes the case for today. Again, my name is Katie Cho. It was a pleasure. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Pearls podcast from Inside the Boards. This podcast is executive produced by Christopher Brightigan and Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Ars longa, vita brevis.